Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the fan-sided podcasting network. Today is Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, might be a little bit of a short episode. Uh, there hasn't really been much stuff going on with the Lakers. Uh, there's a new signing that we obviously have to talk about, Ben McLemore. Uh, we're going to touch on him a little bit. But besides that, I mean, we had a few games. You know, I had the blowout loss against the Clippers, had the win against the Raptors in which they shot their lights out. Um... It's just at that point of the NBA season, not going to lie to y'all, you know, I tuned into a lot of baseball this weekend, watched a lot more baseball than I did basketball, that's for sure, and it's just, it's at that point after the All-Star break where we're kind of in a, in a little bit of a NBA lull, and the same could be said about the Lakers, I mean, especially without LeBron James, especially without Anthony Davis, um, we're just kind of at that point. Uh, there is an update on AD in case anyone did not hear. Uh, a few days ago, I believe it was the 5th. Uh, so two days ago, uh, Frank Vogel said that Anthony Davis was still a ways away from returning. However, there was promising news that he might actually return sooner than expected, at least than I expected, because I kind of always took the worst case scenario approach with, you know, when I thought AD would return because Achilles things are always so tough. Um, you know, this according to CBS Sports, Lakers hopeful Anthony Davis returns after the road trip. The road trip ends, I believe, I got to pull this up right here. I don't know what off the top of my head. And of course, my laptop is the slowest laptop in the history of mankind. The road trip, I believe they have a five-game road trip, if I'm not mistaken, um, altogether. That is all the games, or they might have five more. I don't I don't know exactly. Let's see. So they got the Heat tomorrow as, as the day of recording this. That's Thursday. Uh, then they have the Nets after. Let's be honest, those are probably two losses. Then you have the Knicks and the Hornets. Yeah, so five games. This was the start of the five-game. Well, Clippers, I mean, that was technically on the road. So uh, Heat, Nets, Knicks. Hornets, and then we got the Lakers coming back home on the 15th, a week and one day from now. So maybe the next episode will be about Anthony Davis's return. Uh, so it looks like the Lakers are hopeful that best case scenario, AD will be back against the Celtics April 15th. Um, maybe it's the 17th against the Jazz. Maybe it's the 19th against the Jazz. Who knows? Maybe it's not until the 22nd against the Mavericks. Um, but we should be getting AD back soon, hopefully, as long as there's no setbacks, as long as the Lakers aren't even more cautious, which I wouldn't be surprised. Again, Achilles things, calf things are really serious. We saw what hap happened with uh, Kevin Durant. Um, so AD might come back. That's some promising news. But besides that, there really hasn't been much Ma Lakers news besides the signing of Ben McLemore. So the Lakers really had room for one more spot. They actually still have room for another signing. But at this point, you know, they're not going to get much. And I don't think they're going to get anyone better than Alfonso McKinney or Jared Dudley. Excuse me for that. That's a CBS Sports autoplay video. Um, they're not going to get much better than what they already have. I mean, Jared Dudley's hurt, so maybe they release him to get an extra body. That absolutely is possible. Uh, the deadline is coming up to be on the playoff roster April 9th, so if anything happens, it'll happen today, tomorrow, or the 9th. So, but they have a little bit of room. I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, McLemore is the last signing, and it's a good signing by the Lakers. So, you know, if you listen to the Lake Show Life podcast, you know, I believe two, three weeks ago, we talked about how Otto Porter was like, my dream signing was the guy I wanted the Lakers to go after. You know, he'd be great 3 and D guy, What you know, whatever. Um, he still hasn't been bought out by the Orlando Magic, and he didn't play on Sunday, which I was I thought was a sign that he was going to get bought out that day, come to the Lakers, bish, bosh, boosh, um, you know, perfect. Um, but that's that's not the case. Now, he could still be bought out, but, again, the deadline's coming up very quickly now here. Um, and I think this was a case of the Lakers – 
wanting to make sure they get someone instead of getting no one if Porter just is never bought out, um, which is, a, you know, absolutely possible. You know, maybe the Magic see him as a long-term option. You know, some guy they could just have fill out the roster, sign him to a contract, tradable contract in the future, whatever the case may be. Um, he's a good player. He's just a little overrated or underrated, I should say, because his contract was so bad because, you know, the Wizards paid him $100 million. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I wanted Otto Porter Jr. Ben McLemore was a good plan B, and I like that they went with him. Again, don't have to wait too long on Porter. And you get someone who is 75% of Otto Porter with Ben McLemore and is, you know, exciting. He could be someone who potentially swings a playoff game or two, and that's a big thing you can get out of a buyout signing. Now, of course, he could also just be, you know, a non-impact player and then be in the back of the end of the rotation and not really do much. That's absolutely a possibility as well. But, you know, who knows? He has a floor and a ceiling, and the ceiling is exciting, and the floor, you know, it is what it is. And if he doesn't add anything, he doesn't add anything. And the Lakers aren't getting worse with him. Um, the ceiling, the potential ceiling in McLemore is kind of something we got out of Marquise Morris last playoffs. So I've talked about this multiple times in, in the Lakeshore Life podcast. Is Marquise Morris, he shot, I believe, 41%, 42%, 42% from beyond the arc on 69 threes in the NBA playoffs last year. 3.3 attempts per game. He had the best three-point percentage on the team, and he had the third-highest three-point percentage in a single playoff in Lakers franchise history. It's Trevor Ariza and Michael Cooper. Those are the only two players who attempted at least 69 threes, as many threes as Morris, 69 or more, and had a better three-point percentage than Morris. That's historic, you know, and I don't see a lot of people talking about it. I talk about it all the time. I make up for it. Uh, He had the fourth-most threes for the Lakers last year. You know, just crazy efficiency. Had games where he was going 3-3, 4-4. Uh, he might not have had a 4-4, four four, but he had some really good games in there where he had some big shots that kind of swung, you know, either continue to run for the Lakers or swung a run for the Lakers in the Lakers' favor. Uh, McLemore, his best version is something like that. Now, obviously, him and Markeith Morris are different players. It's just a completely different position and whatnot, but that kind of impact, coming off the bench, playing 15 to 20 minutes a game, uh, more closer to 15 more likely, playing adequate defense. He's not a great defender. You know, sometimes we hear the term 3 and D, and then we just assume – People are amazing defenders. McLemore is an average defender. He's serviceable and in the right scheme, which Frank Vogel's scheme is going to be the right scheme. Uh, he's going to be just fine. He's not going to be a, a headache out there. He's not going to be you know someone that other teams can necessarily attack. Is he someone who can guard the other team's best guy for an extended period of time? Not at all. Um, but he's someone who could hold his own out there, and he's someone who could come in, play 15 minutes, like I said, and take three to four threes a game and you know make two to three to four of them. Um, that's the best case version of Macklemore in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs. In the regular season, you know, he's going to have bad games. He's going to have good games, whatever the case may be. In the playoffs, that's really what the Lakers are trying to get out of him. And that's really what we should be hoping that he, you know, performs his best. That's the best case version. And that's awesome. That's a great addition to this team because this team doesn't really have great three-point shooters. Uh, KCP, you know, on the season, he's shooting fine, but he's so inconsistent. I've said it before. He, there's nights where he can't miss and there's nights where he looks great. There was that night earlier in the season, I believe he was about 7 of 10. He might have been even a little bit better. Um, That's just carrying his three-point percentage. Not so much anymore, but for a lot of the season, it was carrying his three-point percentage um, and making it a lot higher than it it actually was. Um, But, you know, so he's inconsistent. He's either great or he's terrible. Um, I don't want to say terrible, but he's not the the sharpshooter that you want, you know, in a – in a, in a three and D guy, you know, as your best three point shooter, especially he's their best three point shooter. You don't want KCP to be your best three point shooter. Uh, Crusoe has never been a great shooter, even though he's actually shot the, his lights out uh, since LeBron's been hurt. I think it's like 53% or something. Um, THT obviously isn't a great shooter. Um, Wesley Matthews has been extremely disappointing this season. Um, you know, Markeith has been better since LeBron has been out, but still hasn't been as good. And, 
you know, yeah, he could get hot like he did last year, but you still want more than, you know, you don't want Marquise Morris being your second best shooter. Uh, Trez can't shoot. Schroeder's been extremely inefficient, extremely disappointing, if we're being honest. I think he's shooting like 33.3% on the season from beyond the arc, or at least he was before last night's game. That's not good. Um, and y'all know how I feel about Schroeder. I'm, I was a big Schroeder guy, but after he turned on ex that extension, it's like, okay, man, you're going to be a one-year Laker. Um, you know, I talked about that on the previous episode if you want to go check it out. So they don't really have many great shooters. So getting someone who can get hot and kind of light up the scoreboard and make three or four big threes in a playoff game, that's huge. Now, the worst-case version of uh, Ben McLemore, the, the floor, he's just a three-point shooter who doesn't shoot well, and he's not a elite defensive player, an elite defensive player, I should say. Like I said, he's serviceable on defense. I don't think he's going to be bad. But if he's not shooting well, then there's really no reason to put him out there unless, you know, he's just an extra body in a blowout or, you know, in the regular season, he's going to get minutes no matter what. This is talking more about the playoffs. Um, if he's not shooting great, there's no reason to put him put him out there because, you know, he's just a serviceable defender that they can get. Lakers can get out of anyone else and whoever's shooting better should get those minutes. If it's Wesley Matthews, it should be Wesley Matthews. If it's, you know, THT, it should be THT. Play THT over Ben McLemore. Um, you know, so... That's kind of what his floor is, just someone who doesn't really play much in the playoffs unless he gets hot and he's hitting threes from beyond the arc. Three, Of course, threes come from beyond the arc. Hitting threes at an efficient rate. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how he finishes the season. Those last week to two weeks of the season is going to be really important for him, and the playoffs are going to be really important for him. I don't think they're going to give up on him if he has one or two bad shooting nights, but it could be a case like we saw last playoffs where Vogel was tweaking things here and there, and you know we might see it where he's playing 15 minutes a game the first series, and then by the time the finals roll around, he's not playing at all. Um, and someone I compared that to in an article I did was uh, Reggie Bullock. He's a good recent example of a Laker who that was. Uh, the Lakers treated, traded a spy to the Detroit Pistons for Reggie Bullock. And Bullock played a lot because those Lakers team, that Lakers team wasn't a playoff team, and they really weren't playing for anything, if we're being honest. Um, and so Bullock played a lot. But, you know, he didn't shoot great. I think he shot, what, 34.3% from beyond the arc that season and was just an okay, adequate defender. You know, he wasn't anything special. And if they were a playoff team, he wouldn't have been playing much. I mean, on that roster, he would have been because of that roster. But if you put that year's Bullock on this year's team, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, you're shooting your way into a role. Can McLemore shoot his way into a role? That's the biggest question. Um, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see what he could do. I'm excited that they added another score, another three-point shooter, something the Lakers need. It's going to help them until LeBron and AD come back, at least with the scoring department, because we know their defense is great. It's scoring the basketball that's hurt them. And if he can add, you know, 9, 12 points a game, um, granted, every shot he takes is taken away from someone else. So if he adds 6 to 9 points a game that the Lakers weren't already getting, that's huge. That's huge. That's a big addition for the Lakers. I like the signing. Um, and that's really the only new Lakers news uh, that I could talk about with you guys. So I kind of feel bad, but I don't want to end it too, you know, too fast. So I do want to talk about three players who I think have been struggling since LeBron James has been hurt. This is actually an article that just went up today on Lake Show Life. Uh, I'm just going to kind of give you the verbal um, version of the article, should I say. Um, but first, I do want to take a break here from our advertisers. Okay, so Lakers who have struggled with LeBron James out. So the Lakers have played nine games since LeBron James has been hurt on April 30th against the Atlanta Hawks, um, March 20th. I said April 30th. What the heck am I saying? April, March 20th. I, I thought March 30th. I said April 30th. What am I saying? March 20th against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, in the 10 games, so they've played nine games since LeBron got hurt. If you count the game in which LeBron did get hurt, Lakers are four and six in those 10 games. I'm going to be honest, kind of better than I expected. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, I went through the schedule when LeBron first got hurt on the podcast. I don't know exactly what I had them after 10 games or after these nine games. But, you know, 
it could have been much worse. It definitely could have, but still four and six is not great. They're sliding on the standings. I believe they're in fifth place at the time of recording this, and they're only like two and a half games ahead of the seventh seed. Again, we don't want to get into that playing tournament. Yes, it is a good thing to have that as a backup in case they get to the ninth or the tenth seed. You know, they still have a chance to play um, into the playoffs, and then, you know, they're the eighth seed from hell. No one wants to play them. Um, but, you know, so they're the fifth seed, three games ahead of the seventh seed in Mavericks. Uh, five and a half ahead of the eighth seed of Grizzlies. I don't think they're going to fall that far, um, but they are falling. And if the playoffs ended today, they'd have to play the Denver Nuggets in the first round, which, you know, if you read my work over at Lake Show Life, and I might have even talked about it on the podcast, um, I don't like the Nuggets. I don't like how the Lakers match up with them. And by I don't like the Nuggets, I mean I like them as a basketball team, and I think they could uh, do some damage. Um, so I, I don't want to play, you know, the Nuggets in the first round. Um you know, so players that have struggled. So the Lakers haven't been great. Some of the role players have not stepped up while LeBron has been out. And that's kind of worrisome. So I also wrote an article about three things that could keep the Lakers from making the NBA Finals. And that wasn't met with great uh, response from some of the Laker fans out there. Which I understand. You know, you don't want to read negative things about your team, especially on a Lakers po- on a Lakers website. But i got to be objective. One of the things that could keep them from the Finals is the fact that the role players haven't been that great without LeBron or Anthony Davis. And this is really their time to shine. Um... The role players just haven't been as good as expected. Montrez Harrell, he's the lone exception. Um, but then you have, you know, Wes Matthews hasn't been good. You know, the, the whole thing with him was like, okay, they'll get what they got out of Danny Green last year. They haven't. Wesley Matthews hasn't been that, although he has been a fine defender. Um, Dennis Schroeder has not been as good offensively as the Lakers could have hoped, although he has actually been pretty decent when LeBron's out, with LeBron out. But that's kind of a case of him just getting more usage rate as, you know, the point guard without LeBron. And that's kind of been the story of his whole career is like he could be – good when he has a usage rate you know close to 30 but if you have a if Dennis Schroeder has a usage rate close to 30 then your team's probably not very good um so he's been a little bit better um but you know Wes Matthews Marcus all obviously but they replaced him with Andre Drummond not replaced but Andre Drummond's now the starter um but still he hasn't been great Marcus all you know like I said KCP inconsistent Kyle Kuzma you know he's had his moments we'll talk about him in a second here uh, some of the other guys the role players just haven't stepped up as much as you know you would have hoped for if you were the Lakers and, you know, the Lakers haven't had a lot of time to play together. There's a lot of new faces on this team. Not a lot, but there's a significant amount in the rotation. And LeBron and Anthony Davis haven't played together much this year. Now, they still have they have a, rap, a rapport with each other. You know, they're fine. But this was a knock on the Clippers I had last year was, you know, they didn't play a lot together. The starting five didn't play a lot because the injuries, the load management, everything. Once you get to the playoffs, you're really splitting hairs. And, you know, things like that matter. The Lakers don't have that familiarity, especially with the new guy in Andre Drummond, adding him and Ben McLemore. So there's a lot of moving pieces on this roster that aren't used to playing with each other um, that, you know, need to need to get those minutes together. And if they don't get enough minutes before the playoffs start, that's worrisome, you know, depending how long long it takes LeBron until they get that full LeBron James experience. Because this team's going to be completely different with or without LeBron. This isn't a case of like, okay, nine of the ten pieces are there, 90% of the Lakers are there. Yes, that's true in theory, and the bench might be okay when LeBron's off the court, but LeBron changes the entire dynamic. Now, he makes people around him better, so that's better than the Kawhi-Paul George thing and them not playing together much with their role players. But the team is a completely different outlook when LeBron's playing versus when he's not playing. That's just, you know, the cold hard facts. So, And, you know, they might not get a full version of LeBron and Anthony Davis. They might get an 80-85% version because they didn't get enough time to ramp up for the playoffs. Um, you know, but that was my little spiel about the playoffs and what, things that might keep them from the NBA Finals. The thing I want to talk about really is the Lakers who have struggled without LeBron James since he's been hurt in these nine games, not counting the game he got hurt. Um, I list the three players, and some may agree, some may disagree, but here we are. Number one, Kyle Kuzma. Um, I was, you know, people that listen to this podcast know 
I'm not a big Kyle Kuzma guy. I have never been a big Kyle Kuzma guy, and he's made me eat crow a little bit this year. He's playing really well, bas- really good basketball with LeBron, um, kind of taking a lesser role, and you know, not being that big third star, third guy that he thought he was and the fans thought he was. Um, he took a little bit of a step back. He was more efficient. It was great for the team. Now, without LeBron, he's had to, you know, take on a bigger role, and it just has not been good. Um, he he hasn't been great. He's had his moments here and there, sure, but overall, it's been terrible. Um, quite frankly, I don't want to say terrible. It's been bad. It has been bad. Um, in these nine games, Kuzma has attempted 136 shots. That's a lot. Um, it's by far more than anyone else in the team. Schroeder's next at 114. An absurd 74 of those 136 are three-pointers. He is averaging, I believe it was six or 8.2 three-pointers per game in these nine games. That is 2.7 more three-pointers per game in this nine-game stretch than Trey Young averages per game, you know, this season. That's that's a big, that's a lot of threes for someone who doesn't shoot them very well, you know. And I say he doesn't shoot them very well because he's shooting 28.4% from beyond the arc and 39% from the field. So he has poor shooting. He's not a great defender, although he has gotten better. I have to give credit where it is due. And he has 27 turnovers in nine games as a non-guard, as a non-ball handler. Yeah, he's handling it a little bit more as like a slasher and whatnot. Um, but he's a non-guard. He's not passing. He's not facilitating. He's not running this offense. 27 turnovers in nine games for a non-guard and not LeBron James, who you know has the ball a lot. That's just silly. That's just not good. That is not good basketball. Um, and if these nine games are anything, it's proof of the notion that there's this notion out there that by some that if Kuzma played on a terrible team or wasn't, you know, the third or fourth, fifth option, whatever it is, that he'd be really good, that he has the skills, you know, to average, you know, 22 and 10, whatever. Um, kind of like Julius Randle and the New York Knicks, even though they're a decent basketball team. And the main reason for that that logic is because he was better in his first two years with the Lakers, um, you know, or first year or whatever with the Lakers where LeBron wasn't on the team and he had a chance to shine, whatever the case may be. Um, that's just not true. And this, these nine games have showed that, yeah, it's nine games. Um, that is, you know, what, nine, one-eighth of the season, 12% of the season um, to play this poorly. I just don't think Kuzma is someone who honestly is anything special. And if Kuzma is your fourth best player, which he's not on the Lakers, and you probably don't have a good basketball team. Um, I'm kind of reverting back to my Kuzma hate. Sorry, guys, but it is what it is. Next up is a guy I've already talked about on this podcast episode, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Again, he's been inconsistent. And that's kind of what this has been, you know, without LeBron James is there's games where he can make everything games where he can't miss. You guys know the deal. I've talked about it already Um, in the nine games that LeBron James has been out. KCP has the worst box plus minus of any rotation player on the Lakers. Now, uh, Costas, Alfonso McKinney and Drummond all have worse uh, box plus minuses. But the first two are obviously depth guys who don't play very much. They're not part of the actual rotation. And Drummond has played a grand total of 14 minutes before he got his toe injury where he lost his toenail. Um, hasn't played since, but he's supposed to come back uh, tomorrow against the Miami Heat. KCP's box plus minus, negative 3.3 in these nine games. Uh, it's been fueled by bad shooting and below average defense. Um, and ironically enough, he's actually been okay from three, uh, just percentage-wise, 38.9% in these nine games, which is passable. Um, but, you know, 31% on two-point attempts with a 51.8 true shooting percentage. That's only better than Wesley Matthews and Kyle Kuzma among rotation players. Um, he has been a little bit better than Matthews if we're being objective, but, you know, we expect more out of KCP. We kind of know what we're getting out of Matthews, whereas KCP, you know, we know what we could get out of him. Um, and he just hasn't been that. You know, he's had some decent three-point shooting numbers in this span, but that's really it. He hasn't added anything new to the Lakers besides decent three-point shooting. 
So that's, you know, he's a little bit disappointing. He struggled a little bit with LeBron. I don't even know if it's so much struggling without LeBron. It's just a little bit of a disappointment um, how he's played without LeBron. And the third and final one, which I know is not going to be a popular one, Taylor Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, he's a ton of a potential. I'm someone who is very high on him. I like him as a two-way player, as a two-way combo guard. Um, in the future, he's going to be a very good basketball player. He has the size. You know, he has that crazy wingspan. He, he has the basketball IQ. You know, he's going to be a solid two-way player in the future. That's, you know, I don't have a doubt about that in my mind. He's only 20 years old. Um, he's something special. Is he going to be an all-star? Is he going to be an all-NBA player? Probably not. But is he going to be a, a great role player? You know, the kind of role player that every single contending team wants to add to their team? I think so. Um, and there's, there's a long time. He has a lot of time, you know, it might be seven years until he reaches his best form. I'm going to be 29. Oh God. That just gave me an existential crisis. Um, sorry to anyone out there that's older than that. And I just, you know, offended, but the thought of getting old just makes me go crazy. Um, I mean, 29 is not old. Sorry guys. If you're 29 or older, you know, no such thing as old. Uh, everyone's young at heart. Um, but THC has left more to be desired in these nine games. Um, he's still playing, you know, serviceable defense you know but he hasn't really been much of an offensive threat which is ironic because of his numbers he is averaging 10.6 points per game but you know he hasn't he's not shooting the ball wonderfully he's shooting 43.9 percent from the field 31.6 from beyond the arc um he's playing 23 minutes per game and his numbers really haven't gone up much this isn't really the case of thpt playing poorly or super poorly i should say again and we shouldn't expect too much out of a 20 year old he is 20 years old at the end of the day but with LeBron out and him kind of getting a little bit more workload, around five minutes more per game, you you would hope that he would do a little bit more and kind of do a little bit more without LeBron because LeBron has a positive impact on everyone he plays with. You know, that goes without saying. And you, I don't want to say you worry, but you would hope to see more out of THT just to see it, you know, that he is more than just LeBron helping him out. And, you know, he is a guy who's already ready to contribute in the playoffs because once the playoffs roll around, you know, we don't know what THT's role is going to be. I think he's the biggest X factor, quite frankly. Um, so I, I think I might be asking for too much, if I'm being honest, but I would have liked to see just a little bit step up from THT, not so much him looking kind of the same, if not worse, without LeBron. Um, and again, I think it's just because I'm really high on him and I wanted to see more out of him. Um, you know, but he's not a great shooter, not a great three-point shooter, at least not yet. And he's, you know, his drive to the lane, right-handed finish can only get him so far in the league. Um, so once the playoffs are all around, you know, the way he's playing, is he going to be a big, you know, contributor? I don't know. You know, LeBron, of course, being back is going to help him, but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to play him in the playoffs. And these nine minutes have kind of showed me that. I don't know. I, I just don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know if you think uh, THT is going to play have a big role in the playoffs. He's going to get 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever you think it is. Um, and that's kind of all I got for you guys today. Again, said it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Not much going on. Like I said, getting the NBA lull, you know, got the baseball season going on now. Baseball is my favorite sport. Hand up. Going to be completely honest. I actually have the Dodger game on right now. Uh, they're against the Athletics. Just to be some, just to be transparent so you know when I'm recording this. Uh, against Athletics, bottom of the 10th, Kenley Blue save. You know, kind of figures. Um, I'm a big Kenley guy, but I shouldn't talk smack about him. Um, this isn't a baseball podcast, though. Uh, maybe I need to start a Dodgers podcast for fan-sided. That'd be nice. But, you know, at the end of the day, NBA lull, not a lot of news. Um, hopefully next week something big happens, you know, AD returns or something big happens in this, you know, week from now until next season or next season, next um, episode. Um, and in the meantime, you know, you guys have a good one. Last week I said I don't think there's any holidays coming up because I always like to say, like, have a good this, have a good that. I'm dumb. Easter was this Sunday. I hope everyone had a great Easter. <laughs> um, I, I just don't pay attention. Um, that's my fault. 
Um, hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Talk, talk at you next week. Go Lakers. <laughs>